Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 32, where today we're going to be discussing power creep in Borderlands. But first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunter's Pod or through our email at vaulthuntersguide at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can watch us record the podcast live at twitch.tv slash a vault hunter's guide. And also, we are back on YouTube. Just search a vault hunter's guide. So, yeah. Uh, Drew. Jeff. How's, how's your last two weeks in the Borderlands been? Before we get into that, Uh-oh. I had a thought today while I was mowing the lawn. Uh-huh. And I need to address it with you. <laughs> you thought? <laughs> the existence... Of Eden 6 implies the existence of Edens 1 through 5, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Is Eden 1 just like the original like Garden of Eden from, from the Bible? No, probably not. Um, more than likely, Eden 1 is something where shortly after humans left Earth, that's... Mm. You know, shortly after humans left Earth or wherever they come from in Borderlands, I'm assuming it's Earth, that they founded a planet and they wanted to call it something similar to a paradise. And so they probably called it Eden. And then it's like, and then there was a separatist group from that group and they went on and they're like, well, we're going to make our own Eden with blackjack and hookers, you know. (laughs) So they called it Eden 2 and then so on and so forth until eventually you get get it so far removed that you got a bunch of backwater hillbillies that are like, well, we're going to make our own Eden and it's going to be the best Eden six. <laughs> and thus Jacobs was born. Yes. Okay. Although, although maybe not according to the last DLC. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, similarly, Pandora implies the existence of pan Boxes. boots and pan swiper. <laughs> and <laughs> No. And pan backpack and pan map. <laughs> pan Benny the Bull. See, even that's, that's like too far it. of like a thing for me. Like, <laughs> right? I never, you know, I don't have kids and you know, let, al- let alone young kids. So I don't even know. So that's you true. ain't even know. So. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, past two weeks in the Borderlands. Fine. Good. You know. Yeah, been trying out all kinds of different builds and stuff on different characters and such. Uh, you know, Amara builds and Moe's builds, Zane builds. Mm-hmm. Flack's pretty much the same. Yeah, Flack. Flack is pretty much just uh, just three shot Flack from the uh, Thick Filet video from a while ago. Yeah, it's, it's super good. Uh, Moe's is pretty much still like after trying several builds, I still like K sixes. Um, Moserker build the yeah, best. Absolutely. Um the Sapper class mod on her is like super, super good. Mm-hmm. Which makes it really easy to stay alive. Just keep yeah. shooting shit. Um Yeah. I'm I'm currently in the and I know that I talked to you about this, but for the sake of the podcast, I am currently in the middle of working with a build for Zane that I'm getting somewhere with, though it's not performing like I'd like it to yet. Um, And for people wondering, the main idea here is that we haven't really seen too much, or at least I haven't. If you have, please feel free to send it to our Twitter or whatever. Um, I haven't seen much in the way of someone using Zane's distributed denial, which is his capstone in the undercover tree too much. Um, And for people that are unaware, his barrier gains the effects of his currently equipped shield mod. Additionally, shield effects are applied to all allies near the barrier. Bonuses to Zane are reduced. So I think maybe part of the problem is I'm trying to focus too much on the aspect that he that he himself or the barrier itself gains the effects of the shield mod. Um, and maybe this would be something that works better if it were... Um, applied if if we were focusing specifically on the part where it's applied to allies and everything you know maybe maybe applying those same effects to allies uh when they're near barrier would be better so i don't know maybe maybe that's the part 
And maybe maybe that effect isn't meant to be a solo style build, and maybe it's meant to be more of a of a group thing, and then it might work better. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I feel like it could be a really. It's one of those things where it's like, if it worked like we thought that it should, then it could be really cool. But it doesn't for some reason. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the main kind of things that we've been trying here is, or the main th- kind of things that I've been trying here are things like using the whiskey tango foxtrot, which for fans of Borderlands 2, you know, that was not something that you even wanted in that game. Cause it would just kill you more often than it would do anything for you. So, right. but what it does is about 25% of the time, it'll just throw out, um, IEDs that explode and damage enemies. So that means that your barrier anytime about 25% of the time it gets hit does the same thing, but the mm-hmm. power just isn't there even with buffing splash damage and, um, and area of effect damage and things like that. At least I haven't been able to make it work. So, um, I don't get quite as heavy into the math as some people do, you know, people like shadow evil and thick filet and, you know, Garwood and people like that though. So, yeah, you know, what you got to do is play in a party with a Moe's and just leave Moe's inside the barrier and Zane like runs off and does his own thing. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. You're welcome. So like I said, we we're probably going to try some other stuff and just mess around with it. But if you've seen anyone really use that distributed denial in a super fun way, let us know. Um, at least as far as intended, I'm sure that there's someone out there that's been like, Oh, well we're not using it for anything that's intended for, but it has this weird thing that you do and it does stuff and blows everyone up. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Anyway. So, so yeah, that's what I've been working on anyway. Uh, so yeah, like we said today, we are going to be discussing um, power creep in uh, borderlands, mainly three primarily throughout, uh, you know, primarily throughout three, but in all the games in general. So, and for those of you asking what power creep is, I'm going to let Drew explain it. What is power creep? Many. Okay. I can't even <laughs> pretend like I'm going to, what is a man? <laughs> uh, power creep is essentially, um, something that happens when you have multiple, uh, releases or multiple, um, I don't know how else to describe that part. Versions? Like, yeah, there you go. Um, or expansions or whatever. And things just keep getting better as you go, but also more, just straight up more powerful. Um, magic players are really, really used to this at this point. Yeah, Pokemon um, TCG players also. Yep. Um, Destiny players, I'm sure, are very familiar with it as well. So, uh, sorry, which ones? Destiny players. Oh yeah, yeah, Destiny players. But in in the examples of Borderlands Three, um, some of the examples that we have here are like the Monarch is clearly better than the Dictator, even though they do like essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah, nearly identical things. Um, some of the other ones, um, Sandhawk is infinitely better than a Lyuda. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, there are the downsides of um, ammo count with uh, with a Sandhawk, but still, like it's, I would take a Sandhawk over a Lyuda any day of the week. When yeah, yeah, they're 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 functionally they're functionally the same as far as what you're trying to achieve with them. So right. if you can get one or the other, you want to get the Sandhawk. Right, right, exactly. Um, same with uh, with the light show over the Maggie. And now I know a lot of people would be like, now hold on, those are completely separate weapons. Uh, because that's what, exactly what I said to Jeff <laughs> when he proposed that comparison. And I'm like, I'm like, now hold on a second. But he was like, think about it. Honestly, it's a, it's a multi-pellet pistol and you're just trying to get pellet count and it does massive damage. At this point, Given the choice, would you take a light show or a Maggie? And I would take a light show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, give us uh, some other examples that are just in Borderlands 3. So just in Borderlands 3, some of the other ones that we've talked about are the Reflux is uh, just a better version of a Brainstormer. Uh, one of the arguments you can make on that is that, well, they do different elements, and that's true. And if you're all in on one or the other, then you're going to pick that. But 
Um, if you're going for straight up damage, the reflux is going to be better than what the brainstormer is. Um, the monocle uh, was outclassed by the unseen threat in the same way in that it's one shot or one pellet high damage, um, you know, Jacob's sniper rifle. It's the same yep. thing. Granted, the the unseen threat also has the extra addability on it, where it makes the homing uh, things come in and damage enemies. But even beyond that, the sheer damage of just the single pellet is much better on the unseen threat. Yes. Um, in that same vein, it's the it's the same situation with the seventh sense is a better version of the king and queen's call. Um, going back a minute, though, one one thing that. Uh, we actually brought up was I was talking to Beth about this episode and she said that she agreed as far as the reflux and the brainstormer goes, which was kind of sad to see that happen because she's a big fan of the brainstormer. She really likes that gun. But yeah. one of the things I thought was funny about it was she's, you know, she herself even said, you know, she's like, yeah, they didn't even really need to be two different legendaries. You could have just had them be one legendary that had the option, you know, that had multiple different um, elements on it. Yeah. And yeah. that would have worked just fine. Sure, you probably would have had to put in some different uh, some different graphics for what they looked like because lightning doesn't look like acid, obviously. Right. But the idea is still there. <laughs> and I would have honestly been fine even if it was just a different color. You know, mm -hmm. green would have been corrosive and blue would have been shock and red would have been fired. Even that would have been okay with me. Yo, a fire brainstormer now. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> Don't worry, that's probably coming out in the next DLC, and they're gonna call it something else. Oh, you can't call it the firestorm. No. So the brainstormer and the reflux and the heartburn. The heartburn. I like that. That's solid. <laughs> You're welcome, anyway. Gearbox. It's all yours. Anyway, so and then uh, something that we're gonna be probably. Probably bringing up and talking about a lot, Drew. Do you want to give us what that last example is? <laughs> yeah, so the last one is the flipper, and it's better than every single SMG in the game. Like, unless you're doing niche stuff with, like, you know, I'm a TDR Chuck and Moe's. A TDR Chuck and Moe's. I'm a TDR Moe's. What's that? <laughs> I'm a Moe's that, that chucks TDRs. Yeah. You know, TDR. <laughs> if you. If you throw TDR SMGs, then sure. But like, other than that, the flipper is better than every single SMG in the game. Currently. Currently. Yeah. So, yeah. And before that, it was it was different. Uh, a lot of people were using redistributors. A lot of people were using Might Hawkins. Uh, a lot of people were using um, Cloud Kills. You know, just different things depending on what you need it for. But now... It's kind of like, yeah, just get a flipper with the anointment and with the elemental damage that you want. And that's all you need. Yep. Yep. That's it. So, so we're going to talk about that. And, uh, obviously the reason that we bring these ones up is because all of these things were either dropped as, um, uh, post mayhem 2.0 weapons in the game, or they were brought in from DLCs in the game. And one of the really interesting things is that, None of these are actually from the first DLC, though. Yeah, none of them. So it seemed like it seemed like they did a pretty good job of balancing it, and then they went crazy from there. So I think that you still out of the um, out of the first DLC, out of the handsome jackpot one, you still got some really good class mods in the uh stack bot and obviously Zane's seeing dead class mm, mod is yeah is uh just ruling just ruling every single Zane build. Mm -hmm. Um it's but I mean other than that, like we were we were on that shit for a little bit. Like I remember I was I remember farming for Lucky Sevens because um Maggie's were much less reliable as far as, you know, being able to get them. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Because Maggie's really, what's that? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, Maggie's. And I remember the same thing with the, uh, with the ion cannon too. Yeah. Yeah. Ion cannon was like super, super easy to get. Um, and then, and granted they did nerf the ion cannon a bit, but like it was still really, really solid, but it's just not as, not as popular anymore. And 
And I understand that as you as you play, you're looking for newer and shinier toys to play with, right? Right. As the game goes. Right. But it doesn't always have to be a more powerful version of something. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. And that kind of brings us to one of our big talking points about this, which is, are there too many legendaries in the first place was one of the things that we brought up. Are there, are there too many legendaries that we just don't use or that are functionally the same as other ones, but better or worse or whatever the situation is. Um, and we did a couple of things here. So, so first of all, I'm going to get this out of the way because this is something that we don't have in the notes, but this is something that Drew and I did that we think is really telling. So um, we're not going to say what they are specifically, but we went through and we did um, just a quick little kind of litmus test, I guess you call it mm-hmm. of, um, and it was just, I read him a list of uh, legendaries in one class. In this, in this case, it was pistols. I just read the entire list of pistols that were in Borderlands 3. And it wasn't even all of them because the list that we found was actually pretty incomplete. Um, yeah, it was actually just a list of the, of the legendaries in the vanilla you know, version of Borderlands. So, like, no, no Malawan takedown pistols or anything, no mm-hmm. uh, DLC pistols, no special event guns nothing like that right just the just vanilla original borderlands 3 legendary pistols right so what i did was i read him this list and i read just the name and i asked him do you want to keep it in the game or do you want to get rid of it from the game or i guess another term would be would you rather would you be upset if it wasn't in the game anymore and essentially what we did was without going through the hard numbers it was uh about um it was about one, yeah, actually taking this all into effect and everything, about one quarter of the all of the weapons or all of the pistols in here, he decided that he wanted to keep and the rest of them he just didn't care about. Yep. And that's a pretty big problem considering that that, meant, that means that to him, they weren't noteworthy enough in any way, whether it be a fun way to use it or high damaging or even as far as um, being something that was like a callback to a previous thing that you thought was fun, that was good enough for him to want to keep it. Yeah, no, it was, there was some that were just not, there's some guns that I just don't use ever on any character, no matter what build I'm using. Right. And so they're not necessary to keep. Yeah. Poor Torg. I don't think that I kept a single Torg pistol. Yeah, which is super weird. So, and it's, and it's, and it's pretty sad too, considering the fact that we actually have someone that's, um, built around splash damage or that someone that can be built around splash damage, you know, Moe's can be built around splash damage pretty well. And the fact that you didn't want to keep any of the Torg weapons is still kind of like, oh man, (laughs) that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I mean, like I, I would, I don't care if you get rid of the breeder, the echo, the Royce's thorns, the, you know, like none of them get mm -hmm. rid of them all. I don't care. So that being said, um, one of the other big things is, are there too many repeat legendaries? Like, are there too many legendaries that are coming back from game to game to game that they feel like they need to keep in there? Do you think? I think that that's uh, part of the issue, but I also think that I wouldn't mind so much if the guns were still as good as they used to be. Like, like a Layuda you want no matter what. You know, for, I mean, mm-hmm. you used to want to allow you to pretty much no matter what. Yeah. And it was the same at the beginning of Borderlands three, but now it's dropped off a ton because of power creep. And, and granted, like that happened in previous versions of Borderlands two. Like you could, you could have wanted a you to begin with. And then when the captain Scarlet DLC came out, you just chuck that Layuda for a pimpernel. Mm hmm. Um, but like you can still absolutely use the Lyuta for a long time in Borderlands 2. Yeah. And similarly, um I don't, the Sandhawk came back, but it's different. Mm-hmm. That's a weird one. Yeah, um, that's really weird. The Unkempt Herald is one that I'm glad came back, but like is nerfed a bit. 
Yeah, that's true. Because so much of so much of Borderlands Two ended up being balanced around it at Endgame. Yeah, which is just not not cool. Just yeah. not the way that it should be. Right. Um. <clears throat> what else we got? Like the Hellfire. The Hellfire was super awesome in Borderlands One. Pretty good in Borderlands Two, and then in Borderlands Three, it's just not really noteworthy. Right. Um, yeah, it's 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's unfortunate. Um. It's <clears throat> if it's not going to have the same impact that it did previously, with the exception of the of the Uncommon Herald, because that thing was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, then I really don't care if it's in the new game. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I. It's I more, agree with it's that. It's more disappointing than anything. Yeah. It's. I, I know this is super cliche, but it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that phrase can't go home again kind yeah of thing. there you go so no you can't <laughs> be a shooty man's again i don't know like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that i always get those things when you're drinking <laughs> that's all right but yeah it's just there's there's so many and and the weird part is not only are there a lot of legendaries there's not even really that many there's not even really that many uniques i guess mm-hmm. that aren't legendaries it's like if you're getting a build, it's pretty much all going to be legendaries for the most part, which is for the fine, most part, yeah. But I remember, you know, I remember playing Borderlands Two and Borderlands One, and a lot of the guns that you would use in there were uniques that weren't legendaries, just because what they did worked really well for you. And and I feel like that's um, a good segue into our next part, the, such as the Pimpernel or Sandhawk or Ruby or you know, yeah, yeah, correct. So, and I feel like that leads pretty well into our next situation, which is, are there too many similar legendaries? And what we mean by that is that it seems like there's too many legendaries that do the same exact thing. And so you're just going to pick the one that does it better as opposed to having enough legendaries that do unique things. And we understand it's like, well, these two don't do the exact same thing. It's like, no, but they do it closely enough to where they're, they're used in the same manner. Right, right. And I guess that's and I guess that's the problem. So IE Layuta Sandhawk. Correct. They go yeah. about it different ways, but they do the same thing. Yep. Maggie and Light Show. Like like at first glance, very different weapons, but on you know, take a second look at it, and it's it's pretty similar in how in what you're looking to get out of it. Right. Yep. I would agree with that. So um I, I feel like there are too many similar legendaries and I want to have stuff that really does things. I want to have new things that come out in the next couple of DLCs or whatever it is that do things very differently. I, I think I understand that as a developer, it's probably pretty tough to keep coming up with new ideas. And especially when you're even limited to some of the architecture that you are, because at this point, I mean, relatively speaking, the, the architecture that you're using with the PS4 and the Xbox one, you're doing this pretty late in the life cycle because so you already know how to use it to its max, but you also know what your limits are. I'm wondering if maybe they could get away with a little bit more if they were able to use, um, you know, if they were able to use the next generation consoles and things like that. Possibly. Um, it's, it's possible that that's the case. I just think that it's it's really hard to come up with new things that work really well. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like one of the most unique legendaries in Borderlands Three is the uh, boring gun. Mm-hmm. Nobody uses it. Yeah, it's super super unique. No other gun does it. Nobody uses it because yeah. it's because it's not worth it. It doesn't it doesn't work as it should you know right yeah i haven't used the boring gun since you know buffs and everything so maybe like it does mad damage now or something but so i'm gonna throw something out here and i know we didn't talk about this but i'm gonna throw something out and i guess this does kind of segue into our next uh bit a little bit and feel free to take this however you want do you think that part of the problem is that they are still using the same model 
uh, for Borderlands 3 and for these games that they have for nearly the past decade. So you're saying like vanilla game and then uh, release a DLC every few months afterwards? No, 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 not even that. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is one character, three skill trees, one capstone at the end of it. Mm. That kind of thing. And and so every time you try and do that cuz they've done that with three game or they've done that with four games now. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to is it hard to continue on with that and to make things that are different enough and meaningful and impactful enough while also having different enough weapons and everything in the games? Probably. I mean, you and I can attest to how difficult it is to come up with a um to come up with a character, an original and skill tree. Yeah. yeah. Um it's really really difficult and and frankly so is so are so we're coming up with guns, you know? Mhm. Um I know that I'm not <clears throat> I'm not creative enough to uh, pull that off. I just... (sighs) There needs to be a balance between uniqueness and power. Yeah. Like, like with the boring gun, it's it's super, super unique. But like it's not worth it because it doesn't do the damage. Well, then buff the shit out of the damage, so that way you can play with it and you can say, "Look, I, it's really hard to control, but when I land a shot, it's fucking awesome." Right. You know. And and there would be ways to use it too. It's like, look, yeah, I know it's hard to use. However, if you use it on Mo's and then you increase the splash damage radius. Yeah. With Moe's, then that actually applies to this. And that's and it works better that way because of that reason. Sure. Be- because at, at this point, you're totally right. I mean, I pretty much every character that I have is using the same is using the same weapons on every character I'm using. I'm at least using a monarch and a light show and a flipper. Sure. Like, like, like on every single one of them. And, and, and I would think that you're probably pretty close to the same, right? Uh, <laughs> it depends, depends on the character, but yeah, yeah. For the most part, for the most part. Yeah. I'm not saying every character all the time, always, but for the most part, if, if you were to just start a new character or anything like that, or if you were just getting into mayhem levels, or even if you wanted some basic weapons that you knew could carry you regardless of build, you probably still get at least those three. I don't think that I would um, because here's the thing. So what I would do is say you jump in at level 13, right? You get the, the jump start there. Yeah. I would first go into, um, I would probably first just go and complete the story up to the point to where I could farm Gigamine for a little bit. <laughs> sure. Uh, because that's just what I do. And then after that, then kind of towards the middle-ish of the playthrough, go and uh, do the Wainwright and Hammerlock DLC to sure. get some guns from there. Yeah. And then finish the main storyline. And then just go and grind and everything until I can get to max level and then go into Bounty of Blood DLC. Fair enough. <laughs> because why wouldn't you? You know, it just doesn't. Everything in that DLC is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. But before that, we were all over. <laughs> we were all over the Wainwright and Hammerlock DLC. Mm-hmm. Because everything in it was so good. Yep. Cocky bastard. Unseen threat, skull masher. Mm-hmm. Yep. Little ED anarchy. Yep. Yep. All that kind of good stuff. Oh, and get Holy it and, and you have to go through it to get the pearl. Yep. So yeah, I get Holy that. Holy fuck, I forgot about the anarchy. Holy shit, everybody was rocking that for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, until Power Creep happened when the next DLC came out. Right. And like, and and again, we're not saying that we don't get it, because we do. It's like, without... <clears throat> Borderlands is not exactly known for its stories, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if not that, then what else is there to incentivize somebody to get... To, to purchase the DLC or to purchase the season pass, you know? Yeah. You know, the, Sorry, and, and, it, and it's the like, it's, pass, it's like, it's like any game that's out there. I mean, rarely are there games where you buy them for the story. Um, even, even one of the ones that was con- like the last of us is generally considered to have like the best story in video games ever. And that's pretty debatable at this point, just because of the focus that developers have given to the stories. And even that was like almost a situation where it was like, man, that that was a great story, but it kind of seemed like a one off kind of a thing, because now the story in Last of Us 2 is not that great. You know, it's weirdly cobbled together and you don't really get a sense of the depth of the characters and the relationships between them. So like they, you know, they struck gold once, but they couldn't keep producing it almost, I guess. Sure. And and this isn't hate on The Last of Us 2. It's got a lot of core mechanics and things that are make it still make it a really enjoyable game. So no hate there. But the story didn't live up to what the first one did. But the idea behind stories and games is to not necessarily enjoy the story. It's to incentivize you to enjoy the mechanics behind the stories. Right, right. Um like like everyone plays Mario because it's like like no one's sitting there. They're like, "Oh man, what's going to happen to this Mario story?" <laughs> like it's very rare that that happens. You know, at the end of the day, e- even if you take it into a broader sense with like the RPG-based Mario games and everything, it's like, look, at the end of the day, you know that Mario is going to save the day. That's the whole point of it: is that Mario is the hero and he's going to save the day. But everyone plays Mario because they, if they play the platformer ones, they enjoy running and jumping, you know, and stomping on Goombas. Or if you play um, as an example, like Origami King just came out, which is, you know, the new Paper Mario game, then you enjoy the RPG elements and you enjoy, you know, still stomping on Goombas in a different way and hitting them with a the hammer and the adventure aspect of it and exploring and everything like that. But no one's sitting there going, oh man, I, you know, best story in video games, fucking Mario, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, like. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Even. One of my favorite games of all time is the new God of War game from like, 20, oh yeah, what is it, 2018? I think so, yeah. Um, one of my favorite games ever. And the story in it is phenomenal. The mechanics in it are phenomenal. And I would, if there was a DLC that had come out for that, I would absolutely play it. I wouldn't even question it. Right. Like I wouldn't need to find out anything about it. I would play it. And that would just be for for the story, okay? Now if they said, "Hey, guess what? <clears throat> in this one, uh not only do we have new story content and stuff, but Kratos has a spear now that you can use." Mm-hmm. Like I'm instantly be like, "Oh shit, I wonder if there's a skill where you can like stomp and it gets and it like, you know, groups enemies in a line and then you can huck the spear and pin like five of them to a tree or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that would be so awesome. The thing about it though, is that with, with God of War specifically, okay, you have an ax, a shield, and you have the chain, the chain blades. Okay. That don't even come in until like halfway into the game. Yes. Spoiler. (laughs) <laughs> I guess Maya's dead. Uh, yeah. Um, so those are those are the things that you have available to you, and so they have to work within those parameters. So yeah. Giving him a brand new weapon is is literally game changing. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start with a base of a game in two thousand and nine, where they advertise millions of guns. Hmm. And then, and then the sequel comes out claiming 87 bazillion guns. <laughs> right. It's really, really fucking hard to keep coming up with cool shit and have it work all the time. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, and I think that's part of the problem is you almost need, you almost need it to be a situation where they need to take a little bit less uh, or they need to take a little bit away from each gun to spread that love around a little bit more. 
Mm, And I feel, and I feel like that's one of the big things is that the reason that people use the light show is because it is multi pellet. It is high fire rate. Yep. It is high magazine. Yeah. High damage. Yeah. And comes in any element or no element. Right. Okay. If you just focus the hell out of one of those elements and then spread everything else around. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the whole point of why we don't use the hellfire anymore is because the whole point was it does a stupid amount of fire damage and there's nothing wrong with that. There is zero wrong with that. But the problem is we now have things where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to use the flipper and I'm going to get it with uh, fire damage on it. And I'm going to get it with a three and I'm going to get it with an extra 200%, 200% fire anointment on it. And it also has a high pellant count and a fast fire rate. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's no, yeah, there's no downsides to it. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. There's no, yep. yeah, there's no downsides to the, and I know we keep on referencing them, but it's true. There's no downside to the flipper or to the light show. And the only thing that you could say for the monarch is like, oh, well, if you want to use it in bipod mode, then you then you move slow and you jump. It's like, yeah, you're still pumping out so much damage that most people still do that, though. So it's fine. Right. <clears throat> and you I mean, and you do chew through ammo really fast with the monarch as well. Mm hmm. But then you just swap to a flipper or a light show for a little while. And, you know, eventually through killing enemies, you'll pick up more assault rifle ammo and you'll be fine. Right. Exactly. Or you just use a cut purse launch pad and you just never worry about ammo ever. Correct. So it's, um, it's really, I want to see more diverse guns. I was just sitting here like while you're talking and I was trying to come up with a new gun, okay? Mm-hmm. And and I looked at my mouse that's sitting right here next to the computer, and I'm like, it's a it's a gun that shoots that shoots a mouse, and I'm like, no, nah, that's that's not gonna work. But then like, <laughs> but then I was like looking at the cable attached to it, and I'm like, what if you had a gun that shot like a grappling hook, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like it does elemental am- damage once it once it latches onto him, like that would be sick on Amara. You yeah, know? almost like so it'd be like so let me run this by you. So let's say that you pull the trigger once and it shoots out. It's like a taser, essentially. So you pull the trigger once and it hits the enemy. And the longer you hold that down, the more damage it does over time. But if you pull the trigger again, then it shoots out another one and the process starts all over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a gun that you shoot that shoots out like a wide you know, flat thing that knocks enemies over. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. do a whole lot of damage, but it's like guaranteed knockback, you know? Yeah. So like, if you just need a little breathing room for a second, you know, just gives you a little, a little space. So you said something earlier as an accident and it's leading me to a thought even that I think is hilarious. So, so you said something about, earlier about Chuck and TDRs, but you called it a Cheetor. <laughs> Cheetor, Yeah. So let's say there's a one-off gun in the game that's made by a company. So, so the idea in the game obviously is that TDR is already a knockoff of like everybody else. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like the big box store version of, you know, the other gun companies. It's made to just be like cheap and that's what it is. They're so cheap that you throw them away and just grab another one for ammo. Yes. So what if you have a knockoff of that called Cheetor? And the idea (laughs) is that, it explodes before you even throw it. Like you pull the trigger and it just explodes in your hand. All right. But here's the idea, but here's the idea. So it can be any element. So let's say that you go through a guardian takedown and you have extra splash damage on like Moe's or someone like that, or even using an electric elemental Amara and you have a transformer on and it's an, and it's an electric element. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you just, get into a group of enemies, maybe using a quasar or something, which is also good when it's shock. And so you just bring or, you know, or a black hole or whatever. So you do that and you pull the trigger and it explodes and you get all your shield back and you do all this electric damage to all these enemies. Yeah, dude, that would be sick. And and as long as you make it sufficiently powerful, like not everybody's going to use that, but some people, some people will use it. 
Yeah, exactly. So, and we, we know we've heard the leaks out there that there's, you know, that people have supposedly found the next skill trees and the next action skills and everything like that. And I think that will help because the more skills that we have, the more chances other guns will have to shine. And that's a good thing. I feel that it is an improvement upon, as we said earlier, the idea of having the same model for, you know, a decade. But that being said, I still think it'd be better just to have DLC characters that have three brand new skill trees apiece. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about as far as the skills and stuff, uh, we'll go ahead and put in the uh, description here a video by Epic NNG. Um, he has uh, a whole video on the on the leaks about mm -hmm. uh, possible new action skill trees and stuff. Um, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because because they're leaks and they're unconfirmed. So correct. So um, continuing with the power creep discussion, though, this is not this is not the first time that it's happened. Um, we we kind of have in the show notes here. Did it happen in other games? Yes, unequivocally. It absolutely did. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, to a lesser extent in, uh, I guess you can't even say that it it's so it's been happening since Borderlands one. Yeah. Yeah. You think of, cause you think of the DLCs in Borderlands one and, um, you think of some of the weapons that you get from there or even some of the gear that you get, like granted, is it kind of hard to get? Yeah, it is. But you know, the weapons in, um, you know, the weapons in or like the sniper com for Lilith mm -hmm. in yeah. Borderlands one, that's stupid broken because she does so much damage as a sniper mm -hmm. character in that. Um, or even like Mordecai's uh, melee thing that he can get as well. It's the same kind of thing from that same DLC, even with right. the remake of the game. You know, you look at, um, you know, you look at the new weapons they add to that, like the Silent Night or the violence, you know, things like that. Those were stupid overpowered. Granted, it took 10 years to get there, but mm -hmm. with those specifically, but sure. And, and, and that's the way it is. You know, there's just been power creep in the games all the time. Yeah. And there was not, not to mention, there was also new, new weapons and stuff and new pearlescence and just all this other shit that you just couldn't get, you know, in the base game. And so that's, that's, so it's been happening since Borderlands one. Borderlands 2 really did something um, similar to what we see currently in Borderlands 3. So, like, wasn't the uh, Captain Scarlet DLC the first DLC that came out for Borderlands 2? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, to have all the, to have all the weapons in there. It's, so, first of all, it did add Seraph weapons in there as well. Yep. And, and I think that did also add pearlescent weapons. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then, like you said, you have, um, the Pimpernel and you have, um, that was a lot. Maybe people, some people don't know this, but that was where the idea of the auto idol artifact first came into play. That was a unique in that DLC. There was an auto idol, captain yep. blades, auto idol. And yep. then, um, you also have things like, the um the 10 pounder things mm -hmm. like that in the game so so yeah just all over the place <laughs> yeah um I, I to be fair i couldn't really name uh any legendaries from um from the oh what's his name hammerlock from the hammerlock dlc can't yeah. really name a whole lot Torg DLC, I don't think that there was anything unique, but there's just like a stupid good chance to get like a Deepa and everything else, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's the Deepa, and then uh, that's how you also get Miss Moxie's Kitty, oh, which is really right. good on Krieg. Like, that's a game changer in there. Um, that also, if you get it, I mean. Uh, but you did specify just now on Krieg. That's the difference. That's actually a really good point, yeah. So and and I think that's that's kind of what we're looking at is did it happen in other games? Sure. Has it happened to the scale that it happened in Borderlands three so far? It's like the answer is no. Because Yeah, I don't think so. I mean in the in the uh Tiny Tina DLC, you had uh really, really great uh class, class mods. mods. Again, yeah. But um 
nothing so ubiquitous like that it's that it's a necessary thing to play the game at the highest level, you know? Right. Like you can get legendary class mods in vanilla Borderlands and those are going to be better than some of the ones that well I mean depending on what you're doing are going to be more useful to you than some of the, you know, you know, chaotic monk or whatever that you can get in the Tiny Tina DLC. But mm-hmm. if you're playing Zane, you're getting a seeing dead con. Yeah. Because yes, we know there are builds without it. We're very aware of that. Okay. No one no one's saying that there's <laughs> there's not builds out there that don't use seeing dead. However, that being said, chances are something you're doing is probably going to be using seeing dead. And even if you're not going for a specific build, if you're trying to figure out something on your own, I would argue that that's probably going to be your starting point, unless you're going for something hyper specific. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it definitely, it definitely happened in, in borderlands too. It's, it's gotten way out of control in borderlands three. And it's, I'm really, really at the point at at this point, like as of this recording, we don't have any details on DLC four yet, other than it's probably got something to do with Krieg. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. Um are people gonna be disappointed if there's not like ridiculously good shit in there? Like if we just come to expect it now, like it, like it was it was it's such a there was a few weeks there around after Bounty of Blood released that I'm like, this is the best DLC that's ever come out for Borderlands, you know, mm-hmm. like not only because the story is great and the narration and the, the voice acting and the environment and just all this other stuff, but just a wealth of of useful guns for everybody. Yeah. You know? Mm hmm. So, like, is it going to be a disappointment if we don't get just, like, ridiculously sick guns in DLC 4? The problem is uh, that we are always going to... We're always going to judge how good the guns are based on whatever the current meta is. Yeah. And and right now, the current meta is... The Monarch, the Light Show, the Reflux, the Sandhawk, the Unseen Threat, the Plague Bear, the Seventh Sense, the Flipper. Yes. So if the guns aren't at least that good, then I would say that most people would say that they, it's not going to be worth it. Right. And that's right. a problem. <laughs> yeah. To most, to most casual players, which you and I kind of see ourselves as representatives of, I was like, like, top tier casual players. <laughs> yes. Know? Yep. Um, like it's not going to be unless the story is phenomenal or we get new skill trees or something like that. The guns have to be at least on par with previous stuff, you know? Right. Right. So, and again, I think it goes back to that idea that they're putting too much into the guns that they have as far as what they actually do and how good they are. So, um, and I think a part of that, you know, we're, we're a, a big part of that comes to scaling just in general. And this is something that I've, that I've talked about a lot just because the scaling got ridiculous in borderlands too. But, um, I mean, the core of it are bigger numbers better. It's like, no, it's just a representation of a percentage of damage that you do. Yeah. Yep. You know, whether, you know, that's, that's the thing. If you're doing if you're doing one point of damage against an enemy that has 100 health, or if you're doing 1 million points of damage against an enemy that has 100 million points of health, it's still the same thing. Yeah. It's the same, has the same effect. Right. And it's it's still all percentages. Correct. And, and at the end of the day, is it satisfying to see your damage number as you progress through the game go from, you know, one to 100 to a thousand to 10,000 and, and up and up and up. Yeah, it is. But once you start playing at max level, then it just stops. It stops mattering. Yes, I agree. 
Until, un- unless you get that coveted, like, no damage number that pops up, because then you've hit a billion. Right, yes. <laughs> so, which feels good, but at the same time, it's still just a percentage of whatever you're doing. Even if, yeah, even even if, if you that, do that, guess what? You still got to shoot Aista a lot more times before he dies. <laughs> correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that being said, I mean, at a certain point, how far do we let that go before it's just like, this is just pointless at this point? Yeah. Because, I mean, that was the thing, is I remember seeing in Borderlands 2 where it stopped being numbers and they just had to put like 8.9 MIL for million. Yeah. It was, it got, like, it got frustrating in in Borderlands for me, in Borderlands 2, because I'm yeah. like, I can't even read the numbers at this point. Yeah. So... It doesn't fucking matter, you know? Yeah, yeah. you're going to be looking at the health bar anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's just one of those things. Um, and then kind of our last two big well, points. One, one of, of Yeah. Yeah, one of them is, I mean, are Mayhem modifiers part of power creep, and are they too easy to re-roll to bring, to, to necessitate this power creep? I, I think they are. I think it's... Um, like rerolling modifier sucks. I'm not a fan of it. I usually for each character like kind of find my my set of modifiers that I like and just kind of stick with that. Sure. Um it it is mayhem modifiers themselves are a part of it because like with you, right? Galaxy brain and uh, critical oh, uh, what was the other one that yeah. you always use? Yeah, yeah, Galaxy Brain, Big Crit Energy, and then I usually like to have uh, Laser Fair and um, and Freeze Tag. Yeah, yeah. Because with because with because with Zane, he doesn't take much ice damage anyway. <laughs> right. So, but between Galaxy Brain and Big Crit Energy, like it's a like you're all like you're it's more bonus damage and more power creep, you know? And, and the fact that you can re-roll them super, super easy just makes it even better. Like when I'm, if I'm running through Athena's, you know, or or if I'm running through the guts of Carnivora, okay. And I'm going to go farm (laughs) agonizer. I'm probably going to re-roll my stuff to where I'm not getting a chain gang, probably not getting, uh, whatever that one is where they get really close to you. And, um, yeah, you know, do an elemental beam. Yeah, no, I get it because I mean, it's it's a it's usually a smaller enclosed space, and there's lots of enemies in it, so you're gonna have stuff where that doesn't matter. Right. So I'm gonna re-roll that and just run through it and not worry about it, and then I'm gonna re-roll once I get to agonizer. Yeah. And you know what it costs me? Nothing. Nothing. It costs me <laughs> yeah. nothing. It costs me nothing to do that, and mm-hmm. that's. Doesn't even really cost you time because it's literally just one button. You read what's on there, and and if you don't like it, you hit the button again. It takes you a matter of literal seconds. Yeah, I mean minutes, several minutes if you are really, really wanting to get something super specific. But right. But most of the time, if you're wanting something specific, then you're just gonna do do like most people do anyway. Like Drew said, you're gonna find what you like, and you're gonna leave it on that character probably forever. Right. I think it should cost Iridium to re-roll. Considering that we have like literal tens, if not hun- depending on who you are, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of Iridium. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> like that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, at least it, at least it costs something, you know, and it mm-hmm. gives you some kind of, and you know, th- um, Something to go along with, with, you know, things that like mayhem modifiers are relatively new, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. To, to the, to the game as a, as a whole, like to the franchise. Right. And you remember back when we didn't have anointments? Mm-hmm. So that's weird to think about. Yeah. Um, and anointments themselves are essentially power creep. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, I mean, I, it's it's pretty easy to say that mayhem 10 is all about, you can have the right gun with the wrong anointments and it just doesn't become useless, but it doesn't help. Right. Right. 
And with all of this being said, I do kind of think like the whole the whole point of Borderlands is to feel super super powerful, right? Even yeah, the the idea is to feel powerful eventually. Right. Yes. But like I have I have never gotten into OP levels on Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. Have you? Yeah, I have. Okay. So and it's not my preferred way to play. <laughs> right. And but like with Borderlands 3, it really doesn't take a whole lot of effort to get to Mayhem 10. Mm-hmm. If you if you like <clears throat> what I do is if I get my character up to 57, I will go and farm. Um, I can go down to um, Earl's machine, find something in there that'll work for my character. Then go and farm Gigamind until I get a hell shock, you know, just a just a mayhem zero, right? Level 57 hell shock and immediately take that into mayhem six. Yeah. And then and I then- can farm him continuously until I get a mayhem six hell shock. Then I can do that until mayhem. And then I can take that one to mayhem 10. And then from there, I can just farm him until I get some decent stuff so I can go elsewhere. Right. Yeah. It's I, not, it's yeah, not been, hard. Yeah. You've been doing that for like a couple months now that at this point, that's been like your go-to as far as how to do it. Yeah. It's like, just really, really easy to do. Yeah. Like, like since Mayhem 2.0 has dropped, that's been, like, how you do things, essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, no, I get that. So, it's it's weird because I still feel like the game is in a better place than it ever has been. Like, yes. I, st- I still feel that way. And it sounds, like, it sounds like we're shitting all over it. And we're not trying to. It's just one of those things where we feel that there's improvements that could be made. And in a weird way, they could almost be made by retracting instead of instead of adding to the game as weird as that sounds yeah and like a lot of i don't remember if we have made the argument to like you know only buffs never nerfs you know no no i know i know that i've said on the show before that i'm not a proponent of that (laughs) okay okay um it's just like sometimes you need to like it shouldn't frankly it shouldn't be this easy to to take on mayhem 10 um Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we actually found out recently that uh I think it was with the last hotfix or the one before or something like that that enemies were dealing way more damage than they were supposed to. Mhm. So now that's even easier. Yeah. I do the with weapon scaling um from mission rewards and shit like that. Yeah. It's kind of gotten to a point to where Mayhem 10 is too easy. And like, I kind of miss like, eh, Hey, you want to scale that Mayhem 10 back up to 12, five, you know, mm-hmm. to like 12,500% increase on, you know, armor, health shields, all that shit. I'd be good with that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those weird things because obviously, and we say it all the time, we're not, we're not game developers, but I do applaud gearbox for what they've done so far because it's, we know it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard to come up with new characters with new skill trees, with new weapons and weapon types and everything like that and new enemies and all these different things. And, and one of the biggest parts of it too is to make the game challenging without just having a stupid amount of health on the enemies and everything like that. Cause, cause we know that's not the answer either. It's not just, I mean, obviously we have mayhem mode where you can have, you know, like 10 times the amount of health and shields and everything on an enemy. But also at the same point, it's like, Oh, we made it harder. It's like, Oh yeah. How'd you do that? It's like, Oh, we gave, we gave everyone 20 times health and shield and armor and everything. It's like, we know that's not the answer either. And so they've been working to make the game more difficult for, for hardcore players without having that aspect. And so really we mean it. We say, we think that the game is in a better place than it has been ever before since it launched, which at this point it has been, you know, om- almost a year and a couple months. It'll be a year. Yeah. Two months in, in less than two months now. It'll be yeah, a month. Yeah. 
So, and it's just one of those things where it really is in a better place than it has been ever before, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't get better. Yeah. It's when we were discussing this episode and we were writing up the show notes and all that stuff, we decided that it's like, while the game is in, it's in the best place it has been since its release. It's still not where it should be like compared to previous games. And maybe that's unfair. Maybe it's unfair to compare it to, to other games, you know, right. To previous games. But if, if you had told me, um, a year ago, right. Like before Mm -hmm. the game released, Hey, in less than a year, like in about six months, you're going to be running through the max level you know, shit with, with no problems, you know, like Mm -hmm. the equivalent of OP eight with no problems. I would have been stoked. But now, like now that I'm here, I'm like, this isn't how it should be. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So yeah, gearbox, I feel as far as what they're doing is still doing a good job with developing it. And that's, I don't think that's in question from either one of us at least, but I think the big thing here. And if, if, I know that there's probably no way this is happening, but if there's anyone at Gearbox who gets this message, <laughs> please don't be afraid to take t- take chances. Yeah. Like, just please don't. You know, we don't need, you know, more damaging. You know, we don't need higher damaging fire, you know, fire rate, stupid off the wall, you know, kind of stuff all the time. Just give me something really, really weird that I'm going to make work on one character in an amazing way. (laughs) Yeah. So, and if I have one message to share with them, I'm tired of using the flipper. (laughs) Yeah. Tired of it. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of tired of using the flipper as well. So today I'm going, 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 we're going to talk about the flipper. (laughs) 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 Um, while it is, uh, it, it, it's 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 easily the most powerful SMG in the SMG in the game. Um, it's it's kind of a necessary evil. Like it's so it's so so good that you have to have it, right? You know? So, anyways, the flipper is a legendary Malawan SMG that is obtained uh, more often than not from the Minasaur in Blood Sun Canyon, although. Genu- generally in the uh, Bounty of Blood DLC, you know, if you're farming somebody else for something else, you might see a flipper every now and then. Yep. Uh, the Correct. red text on it reads, put one foot in front of the other, which may be a reference to the song of the same name from the 1970 TV Christmas special Santa Claus is Coming to Town. The weapon's special effect is an increase in the pellet count the longer you hold the trigger down, maxing out at 9 projectiles per shot, arranged in a 3x3 diamond pattern. Despite the large amount of projectiles, the flipper currently uses only one round of ammo per shot. This is something... The reason I uh, said currently is because Jeff and I have talked about this. I think that a good way to nerf the flipper to bring it back to a reasonable level is to increase the uh, ammo count per shot as well. Yeah. So so what he means is as the pellet count goes up from holding the trigger down, so would the amount of ammo that you use while holding the trigger down as well. Yeah. And it wouldn't necessarily have to be like a one to one thing. Like I don't I'm not gonna be using nine ammo per shot. <laughs> like that's that's insane. But like right. but like once you're doing nine projectiles per shot maybe if you were doing maybe if it used up three ammo per shot that would be mm-hmm. reasonable yeah um i currently am at a point with my uh mose that the flipper is literally all i use it's all i need because i can get all the ammo back and never i have never once dipped below half a magazine with mose yeah and frankly it's surprising that you even dipped you know down to like a half a magazine Yeah, I mean, that would be exceptionally, like, that's the exception, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's holding it down all the time, not just while I'm trying to kill enemies, you know? that's Right, correct. It's like, I killed that guy, and now I'm going to turn 180 degrees to kill something behind me, and I still hold down the trigger, you know? (laughs) So, 
um, obviously the flipper is very good because it means that you're essentially having once you continue to hold the trigger down and once it's towards the end of that process of giving you more pellets, you're essentially firing a very small spread shotgun mm-hmm. that has the fire rates and the ammo capacity of an SMG. Yes. So and, it makes it, and it's elemental. Correct. Yeah. And it's, and it's elemental and it's Molly one, which means that it's got two elements and obviously you can get anointment, which means that you can have, Technically three elements, if you do it right, which um, that is how I prefer to use mine uh, on Zane specifically is what I do is I go for action skill active anointments that gives me an additional 200% damage that's cryo to feed into Zane's already natural cryo abilities and everything like that. And then I have it with um, I have it with uh, fire and shock because I find that those are going to be primarily the two types of damage that I'm going to go up against. Um, I either need to strip shields or I need to just do, um, fleshy damage. Uh, it's very rare that I actually switch to corrosive for something that has armor, unless it's a really big health bar. Yeah. I'm still trying to find one that's, uh, either shock with action skill and corrosive or corrosive with action skill and shock. Right. Because then I could just take on the entire guardian takedown with one gun. Right. <laughs> Which is bananas. That's bananas. That's not right. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that is the flipper again. Here, here's the thing. It's so weird because I, I feel that I'm feel like I'm giving myself whiplash from the juxtapositions that we make about this kind of stuff. It's like the flipper. It's a fantastic gun. I want to use it. <laughs> you know? <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that's kind of the idea is that we're hoping that the power creep levels off and who knows, maybe at the point where all the content is out and everything. And then they're like, all right, every gun that's ever going to be in the game is in the game. And every piece of gear that's going to be in the game is in the game. Now we can really truly balance because we're not going to be adding new stuff in. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But who knows? Not I said that guy (laughs) (laughs) all right that's gonna wrap it up for us uh on this episode thanks for tuning in we'll see you again in a couple of weeks good luck and good drops bye